0: Okay. Are we recording video?
1: We're recording everything.
0: Okay. We're recording. Hope you're everything. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, take 1. Hello and welcome to I Know The Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington, the yep. owner and host of I Know the Owner, and this is my guest, Stuart Wellington, and this is our premiere episode of I Know the Owner.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you call it a pilot.
0: This is, a pilot. This is the a pilot. Or premiere. It doesn't This is the matter. premiere. It's the pilot. This is the uh, the grand opening. We yep. call it a grand opening. Now, a soft opening.
1: Yeah, we do call it a soft. We opening call it a soft opening here soft in the bar opening. world.
0: Here in the bar world.
1: So you for friends and family. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is our friends and family episode. Yes. Um, now, you mentioned me. Uh, I'm your guest tonight.
0: You're my guest.
1: My name's Stuart Wellington. I am yes. a bartender, a bar owner, and a podcaster. I'm also your husband. My husband.
0: That's That explains the last name thing.
1: I mean, at one point, you, I was your bar back as well, but I guess we can talk about that later. That's
0: private stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... Uh, What is this podcast about, Charlene?
0: So, this is a podcast about the lives of people in the bar industry. Uh So, it's not about um, how to make a perfect cocktail. It's not about... Oh, I gotta look at my notes what it's not about. This is not a place to learn how to open a bar.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, This is basically... Me and other people in the industry are just going to be talking about their life in the in the bar, life working in bars. Uh
1: huh. Um, now, how long have you been a bartender?
0: Oh boy, um, I'm going to say since I was 18, mm-hmm. and uh, leave it at that.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> since crazy. I was
0: 18 in a day.
1: Were you, wait, were you legally allowed to drink when you...
0: I was not legally allowed to drink. I was legally allowed to work, but I wasn't legally allowed to drink.
1: What is this, like, I was about to say, what is this, England, but I think, like, I feel like in England, they, they have, like, young kids working in bars, but I, they're um, probably, I feel like you're allowed to drink as soon as you're born in England or something. In
0: England, That's yeah. not,
1: yeah, that's not your, that's not that's your not my. That's
0: not my forte, the, the drinking age in England.
1: Now, why, uh, why do you want to start a podcast about this?
0: Um, that's a good question. For the money, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no? I mean, not that's, for the money? I think that's kind of part of the ethos. <laughs> um, no. Um, I think there are a lot of podcasts out there that talk about, you know, cocktails and stuff like that. And uh-huh. that's not the bar world to me. To me, um, a bar is more about people than drinks, and a bar is um, kind of the place where you find your family. I feel like a lot of people with rough home lives end up working in bars, and that's kind of where you make your, your new family. And where you kind of learn how to be in the world. And I wanted to share that with people and I wanted to um, get other people's perspective.
1: Yeah, I've heard the term third place used before. I huh. think that's accurate? Yes. Yeah. I think
0: that's accurate, but I think I think for the, the people, it's a community of people that work there and people that go there, and there are so many different bars and you find your one and then you have almost um, what's it called? Crisis bonding?
1: Yeah, like trauma bonding. Trauma price bonding. bonding. Yeah.
0: Um, because this business—those I
1: can't—I'm um, not sure if those are technical terms. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't know. It's it's on the internet, so it's some kind of a term. But I feel like in this business, there are such high stakes, and yet the stakes are actually low at the same time, and you feel this huge pressure to get you know get the drinks out fast and make the money and get the job done. Um, yet, like. It's not brain surgery. It's just getting food and drinks to people. But it, it feels really, really important in the moment. And the people that you're with um, kind of survive something with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Anthony Bourdain talked about it in his first book. You know, Tony B. He <laughs> was talking about... <laughs> I call him Tony B.
0: Uh,
1: he, I mean, he talked about like how a lot of people who work in kitchens are like adrenaline junkies. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think there's an element of that in bartending, at least for me, because clearly you look at me and you're like, that guy lives his life on the knife's <laughs> on edge. The edge. Yeah. On the
0: edge. On the edge.
1: So we're recording this episode in our bar Hinterlands. Um, oh, yeah. And we're recording it while the bar is open. Now, this isn't a normal night's business. It's a Friday night. Um, <laughs> it isn't a... N-
0: it's not a normal night's business because there's a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on a Friday night, this place would be jam-packed with people squeezed together, and now there are, I'm going to turn around and take a look. There are 3 people inside and one bartender looking at his phone.
1: Socially distanced. We are inside. socially
0: Oh, and I should add that it might be jarring for you to see us in a public place without a mask on, but we are keeping our distance from any people that come in. I assure you we are following all the protocols. And we we're keeping everyone safe, um, but I didn't want to do a podcast with a mask over my face, so you couldn't hear me.
1: Yeah, and then, in I mean, I can't cover this punim for this sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, wh- how would you describe hinterlands? Hinterlands is one of your one of the three bars that you've opened. Yes. How would you describe it?
0: How would I describe hinterlands? Yeah,
1: I mean, you um, can see it, obviously. All right.
0: But. Hinterlands is upscale '70s basement meets neighborhood community center. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little
1: bit like a rec center, yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of. Um, well, this was this was like I mean, us you, together making a, a place for people to come yeah, hang out. Yeah, I mean, out, you right?
1: wouldn't you wouldn't really call it like a dive bar, I guess. It like I, I like to describe it as a neighborhood bar. You think that's accurate? a clean dive? A clean dive, yeah. I um, mean, it has
0: elements of a dive, but um, all of our glasses are clean, and our fruit is fresh, uh-huh. and our our juices are actually fresh squeezed. No, we're not a dive. We're not a dive. Yeah,
1: you would. It you doesn't would, smell You funny. can order a draft beer here as opposed to bottles only.
0: Yes. Um, the The bathrooms are clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sit on the toilet seat for for well into like uh-huh. the third or fourth hour that we're open. So yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: You can you can do cocaine off of the back of the toilet seat It's that no, clean You, oh, cannot. Wait, you can't you cannot. do that, my mistake No,
0: and we frown upon that mm-hmm. So again, we're not a dive That's good I have notes, you might wonder what I'm looking down at And, you know, this is my first podcast So I, I made some notes So if you see me, or hear me uh, rustling some papers. I have some notes. So I wanted to make sure I got all my topics covered. Yeah,
1: you want, and you want to hang a lantern on it. You don't want to hide it.
0: I don't want to hide it. I don't want to hide anything from you, my new listeners. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, this is the real deal. Uh
1: huh. So, you said you started bartending when you were 18. I did. Why did you get a job in a bar when you were 18?
0: <laughs> well, I needed money.
1: Uh
0: huh. Um, I, I had a job at a bank when I was 16
1: okay um
0: i don't want to say that's a pretty
1: exciting job for a 16 year old
0: exciting i worked (laughs) um i worked in uh i was a file clerk and then i moved my way up to the collections department and i answered the phone wow
1: breaking legs
0: and one day we saw one of those ads in the back of the village voice Uh and my best friend was like hey let's go to bartending school uh-huh. And we went to one of those shitty bartending schools where they teach you how to make drinks with colored water.
1: Do you remember the name?
0: It was either, like, New York Bartending School or ABC Bartending School or American Bartending School. New York, those all, all sound
1: legit. They're yeah. all,
0: they're all, you go It's into, good to have
1: A in the name, too, so it shows so up first. The first. In the, yeah, it shows um, up this first. This was long the,
0: before the internet.
1: No, but I mean, it shows up first in the Yellow Pages. Yes, we in the Yellow Pages. You still had Yellow Pages, yes. right then? Yes, we had uh-huh. Yellow
0: Pages. And, um... It was like a one-week course, and you memorized all these drinks, and then...
1: So was this, like, gritty 70s New York?
0: <laughs> um, this was you early could bump 90s. It, you could bump into Ed like, Koch on the street? You, well, you could have... Ed Koch was everywhere. You could bump into Ed Koch everywhere. Um, but this was early 90s, like 90. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we took one of those... Uh, one of those bartending classes where you get like blue water and you get like a list of drink recipes and then at the end Was this like
1: night school or something? Oh, on was the it? weekends.
0: I don't remember. I think it was at night. Yeah. I think I worked in my bank job during the day and then Yeah, and then I I did this class at night and then they promise you job placement. <laughs> uh-huh. So so you call this hotline. And they give you a list of, um, bars that are hiring and then everybody in the class goes to the same, uh, job interview.
1: Uh huh. So, yeah.
0: So, and, and they promised this for life. Oh wow. So, um, the, the guarantee and the selling point was that like you get a job and then if. Uh, it doesn't work out and you lose that job, you can yep. go back and they'll send you on these job interviews. But they send every single person to the same job interview. So, so it's it
1: be, like it's a cattle call.
0: It's it's a cattle call. And this is, you know, before Craigslist, before anything like that. And did
1: you show up with, like, a resume? <laughs> no. And then, like, a headshot?
0: No. Just showed up.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so... The first job that I got was it was an Indian restaurant slash club.
1: Sounds sounds cool already. Um, Do you remember the name? Lancers. Lancers sounds awesome. And it
0: was it me and my best friend, I guess Vanessa. We I can name her. I'm yeah, not yeah, afraid. Yeah. We uh we she, we doesn't, were roommates. Have,
1: she doesn't have she does outs, outstanding warrants. Right? She might,
0: but I didn't say I her might. last name. Okay. Cool. Um. You're so safe. we were we were roommates and. Uh-huh. Um, we got on the train to go to this job and we had our cocktail list and we were quizzing each other on cocktail ingredients
1: yep
0: um, you know like what's in a slow gin fizz uh, 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 slow gin yes what's in a Tom Collins gin yeah all of them have gin and then she was like okay what's in a Long Island iced tea and I was like oh fuck that, that wasn't on the test yeah. they were like don't worry about Long Island iced tea it's not gonna be on the test
1: yeah, yeah, Nobody do that And so we didn't shit. study it.
0: We didn't study it. But on the train, we were like, oh, shit, I'll bet they're going to order Long Island iced teas. We better study it. So we studied it on the train, uh-huh. and they ordered a lot of Long Island iced teas.
1: Yeah.
0: So we were really happy we studied it. Um, but one of the first things I remember is someone ordered a Tanqueray and tonic. And one of the things they didn't teach us in bartending school was brand names of oh, alcohol oh that's so funny <laughs> so somebody said Tanqueray and I like heard it phonetically and had uh-huh. to find it behind the bar
1: oh that's and awesome and then I
0: was like why didn't you just say gin and tonic um but <laughs> I think the best part oh my god this was I worked we worked there one day yeah and then they were like take a break um the chef made you dinner uh huh. Sounds great to me. We went into the kitchen, and there was like a little table set up in the kitchen, and they put Indian food in front of us. Uh huh. And I don't know if you know this, Stuart. Uh huh. Yeah. I know that you know this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I'm not a big fan of Indian no, food. No, you're not.
0: <laughs> and I don't like spicy food.
1: When they when they put it in front of you, were you like, "Where's the regular food?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not my dad. <laughs> um, and the chef. You know, was standing Italian. Right there. And he was so proud of the food he'd made for us. Uh huh. Yeah. And I had to like, like really
1: take a spoonful of like basmati like smiley,
0: rice. eat it, and try, and it was so spicy, uh-huh. and it was so foreign to me because I had never had Indian food before. I don't even recall what it was.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um,
0: and then we went and we finished our shift.
1: So what was your trip now? Yeah. I know. I know. I know the purpose of this show isn't to. Uh, help people get a job in the bar industry but what was your (laughs) trick on that first interview
0: i think my trick was vanessa got the job and asked if i could come too oh cool (laughs) i think that was the trick yeah i I mean have a teammate
1: i think that's important i mean Um, that's that's actually i feel like that's actually not the worst lesson is one of the one of the easiest ways to get a job in this business i think is to get is know people is to know people Yeah. yeah
0: it's it's true is it fair? Is it unfair? I can't say. But knowing knowing somebody is the best I've way. I've definitely
1: told a person who, like, moved to the neighborhood who's a bartender who's looking for work. I'm like, yeah, just go to bars and get to know the yeah. people there.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the way. Um, but I think the best thing was at the end of the shift, we took the, like, cup that had our tips in it and we just kind of, like, dumped it into our bag um, because we didn't realize you could change your money out for big bills. Oh, that's And we were amazing. so excited because we had quarters for the laundry. Oh, <laughs> and,
1: that's so great.
0: And uh, we never were asked to come back.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, do you think that's fair?
0: That we were never asked to come back? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. We had no idea what we were doing.
1: That's great. Um, <laughs> now, how... I mean, you've worked in the, so that was a restaurant, right? I guess it was a restaurant. It was club. a
0: restaurant that became a club after hours. So there were like two, three deep.
1: So from there, did you work in a lot of like restaurants as well?
0: Um, then I got my first real job. At, it was a bar called Caravas Tavern.
1: Okay, this it feels like a burn was, on the Lancers for not being your first real job. But I mean, okay. that,
0: this was my first job where I got to go back the second time. Mm-hmm. I didn't just work one day. Yeah, um, I was hired, you know, with a schedule. Okay. And one side was a bar, and the other side was a Greek restaurant.
1: We've, we've like, walked by there. It's still there, right?
0: It just, like, I mean, maybe yeah. a year ago stopped being a bar but it was in the west village it was in the west village but it was there for like 30 years okay um and i got fired from that job eventually Uh and i ran into the owner i ran into the owner at an auction where i was buying equipment for my third bar so that was pretty that was pretty exciting um but that was another cattle call and the trick to that was
1: yeah what did you what did you I learn I wore from the a first green
0: lace bodysuit to that job interview and I got the job
1: and this was 18-year-old Charlene 18-year-old Charlene yeah watch out lock up your son's face. <laughs> That's a that's a heartbreaker right there yeah uh, yeah that's great and did uh, did you then get Vanessa a job or did I she I did also get Vanessa wear... a job there oh, okay. I got
0: her a job and she ended up working there for like 6 years and I I got fired after a few months
1: <laughs> uh okay
0: uh, <laughs> why did why do yeah, you get fired Well I said it was the early 90s I got fired because my boss went out of town, and his parents were in charge, mm-hmm. um, and I wore a very cute outfit to work that day, which was purple overall shorts.
1: That sounds awesome. With
0: one, only one strap up and one strap down.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And like sense. a half
0: shirt underneath. Sounds great. And, um, and how old were these parents? They were old parents. So they, they are were,
1: not hip.
0: They were not hip. They were like little old parents. Uh-huh. And they came in and they were like, like, you look messy. Put your strap on. And I was like, no, this is the outfit. Like, I can't. I, I came out with the one strap. I yeah. don't even think I had the clip yeah. for the other strap. And they fired me.
1: So th- was this like peak going to the limelight, Charlene? Were you playing yeah. your outfit out?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. This was peak so, they, peak. so they
1: club kid Charlene. Club kid
0: Charlene. You could not tell me what to wear. This was yeah, the look. You, yeah, you can't dictate You know how an 18-year-old feels about their look.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So did you... But that was like a bar bar. and Yeah, yeah. Did you... I mean, so you hadn't really learned much about, like, bar life or bar culture at that point.
0: Um, I learned a little bit. I worked there for, like, six, eight months. No, but
1: I mean going in there. Did you pick up any... Did you pick up anything? Like, did you...
0: Um... Well, I mean, I, I already became friends with all my coworkers, and we would all mm-hmm. go out together and we would drink in the local bars uh-huh. and we became friends with our customers. Yeah. So that very quickly became my main social life. I would go there on my days off. Um, we would, you know, drink in the bar down the street.
1: I'm kind of, uh, I'm mainly I'm just kind of trying to figure out how you set, like, how you learned or how you formed your, like, idea of what a bar is at this point. Oh. like, is it's not like bartending school taught you anything like that. No.
0: Bartending school didn't teach me shit. And, and like
1: growing up did once, you hang out in a bar all the time?
0: I mean I, I hung out in a bar a lot when I was a kid with my dad. Uh huh. He would drag me to this bar called The Keg in Bay Ridge.
1: Oh yeah. That's still <laughs> there right?
0: No. It's not. It
1: isn't? I feel like <laughs> we've driven by it. We
0: did. It's, uh, I think it's a Thai restaurant.
1: Oh man. Okay. <laughs> The um, way of the world.
0: The way of the world. Okay, but, so yeah. so
1: you did hang out in the bar a little bit.
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: Um, now, so, but I guess you're saying you learned a little bit about, like, you mentioned building up regulars, and I feel like that's a big part of it, like interacting with people and...
0: So, very quickly, I was working a day shift, and some, like, old men would come in, and they would sit down, and I would kind of, like, stand in the corner and i mean probably
1: it sounds like the kind of guys that 18 year old charlene would have a lot in common with
0: yeah so there were these old guys I mean, You probably all
1: smoke like three packs of cigarettes a day i
0: mean we did definitely we you could smoke in bars and i did you could smoke behind the bar like there was no place that you couldn't smoke back then yeah but they would come in and they would sit down and i would just kind of like stand in the corner there was no like phone to look at And the owner of the bar came up to me, and he was like, you go over and you talk to those motherfuckers, or you go home. And he forced me to start conversations with these people. He was like, I don't care what you talk to them about. Read the paper, talk to them about the headline, do a crossword with them, but do not have them sit there and talk to nobody. And it forced me to be able to start conversations with people. And they weren't so bad. They were just old guys. So...
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I feel like uh, before I worked in bars, I worked in a hobby shop, and I definitely would get like weird old guys who had no one else to talk to, and they yeah. would come in and want to talk to me, and I'm like, my job today is talking to this weird old guy about yeah. his very specific hobby. Yeah, similar thing, except I was probably making less money than and 18 you, year old And Charlene. you had a
0: specific thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. was like they came and talk about uh, little toy soldiers.
1: I was selling Little Toy Soldiers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and, uh... that's actually how I pitch I'm like, hey, would you like any Little Toy Soldiers? Um, and, uh... That's cool. So you said you worked there for six months. Roughly. And you, you got fired because your, uh, your My outfit... My
0: overall strap was not up.
1: And, and then you just found another bar job. Was it easy back then?
0: No, it was never easy. Um, no, you had to pound the pavement. Um...
1: Do you remember, like, I feel like you've mentioned you keep threatening to, like, write out your full job history resume. Oh, my
0: God. Um, One day. uh,
1: Uh, But
0: you had to, there was no, like, there was no Craigslist. So you had to actually pick a neighborhood and you had to go door to door. And you kind of had a resume a little bit, but I just walked into places and asked if they were hiring. uh Um,
1: Uh-huh. People still do that, though.
0: They do, but there's other ways. Yeah. There was, back then there was, like, the classifieds in the Village Voice uh-huh. and walking place to place to place. There was no, um...
1: The heel-toe express.
0: Yeah. So I, wa- I walked into a lot of places and I eventually got another job
1: uh do you do you remember what that was
0: yeah it was boo radley's oh boo radley's okay yes. cool yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: i think it's josie woods now right yeah if, it, it's, it's, still if it's still there yeah and you were there for a while
0: i was there for six years that's where i think i those were my most formative uh bar years
1: and you yeah you and that's that's a bar in the village yes near nyu yes
0: uh
1: I mean it's as I said it's it's now Josie Woods it's, so the space is still there.
0: Yes and it's um, almost exactly the
1: same. Yeah and it's it's like a basement bar there's like pool tables I'm assuming there were still pool, there there were were pool tables, tables back then. There were pool tables
0: pinball and we had 475 pitchers.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> so for like, $5 w- was the menu you, <laughs> was
1: the was the menu a fucking cave painting how, old dollars, how long ago was this?
0: For $5 you could get A pitcher of beer, and tip me a quarter, which I would throw in your fucking face, (laughs) you fucking privileged NYU douchebag. Yeah, and so this is coming
1: from Charlene wearing what, like (laughs) six-inch platform heels? I would
0: try to work in six-inch platform heels, yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Probably, probably shouting in your most Brooklyn voice.
0: Um. That was where I learned to physically throw people out of the bar. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: This is the thing. Um, I wanted to be a bartender, but I had the huge disadvantage of being a woman. Yeah. And I wanted to work in these divy neighborhood bars, and they're like, we don't have a bouncer.
1: Because you're you're cool. You're a cool girl.
0: I, like, didn't want to work in some, like,
1: upscale
0: Mm -hmm. uniform like I didn't want to wear a uniform.
1: Yeah, you want to pick out your um, outfit. Yeah,
0: so they're like, "Well, why I feel would like I hire there's like you? there's
1: like a certain like not to talk over here, yeah, yeah. but like there's a certain like '90s charm to that, like yeah, this like I mean, this is exclu- like in the '90s, I was a little kid watching movies like Clerks <laughs> and fucking Empire Records yes. and shit. Yeah, But I feel it like there's like, yeah, I was a little I, like that. I get that, I get that yeah. attitude a little bit.
0: Um, so the owners were like, "Why would I hire you?" And then I have to put on a bouncer. Like I could just hire a man, and he could be both. And I was like, "No, no, no! I'm, I'm a bouncer. I'm, I'm a fucking badass." I'm like, the total I'm, package. Yeah, I, I, and then I'm gonna go take the subway home to Sheepshead Bay at four in the morning, and it's gonna be awesome. Um, I mean, I've,
1: I've, obviously, this was years later, but I, I've seen you throw grown men out, and it's. <laughs> Yeah. You know, both yeah. a, uh, it's slightly a and turn on And I'm much more aware of my kind of, own
0: mortality now yeah, yeah. <laughs> than I was then.
1: Uh, um, but it's impressive. Like, you obviously learned something. You yeah, learned how to, like... The thing with
0: Boo Radley's was it was in the basement. So when I threw yes. somebody out, I had to drag them up an Ugh. entire flight of stairs.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, am, I couldn't imagine having to deal with that shit. And also, like, just dealing with the fact that, like... Like, they it's... Are it's no secret that when people leave bars a lot of times they're pretty drunk yeah having yeah. to assume that they can traverse a a staircase that like has a turn in it if yeah, i remember it did have yeah. A turn. yeah like it did. wow that's i think i feel like that's a pretty uh that's an optimistic uh exit
0: yeah um yeah that's
1: how many times would you find just drunk people passed out in the fucking stairs
0: It happened, but I feel like mostly they made it up the stairs. <laughs> mostly made it up the stairs.
1: Yeah, but people weren't like. I guess people could smoke in there, and
0: yeah, people didn't go outside to smoke. Yeah, they went outside to smoke pot until Giuliani. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's. An, I think feel like that's for another episode.
1: Yeah, that's a different episode. Okay, uh, so yeah, you were there for a long time. You saw the Cheers finale there. I believe I you did. told me that story. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm just checking the time, making sure that we... All right, we're a half hour in.
1: Cool. Um, <laughs> so, why, why do you leave... I mean, did you just keep working? Did you bounce around other bars? How many bars were you working at, at the time? Just the one?
0: Um, well, I was there for six years. I worked in other places at the same time. Um, I worked in a bar called Alcatraz... Uh Uh-huh. That was... I
1: like how you whispered it as if you're worried that somebody's going to come and, like, grab you.
0: Um, Because I feel like... Sometimes I feel like I imagined it. Because that street is so different now than it was back then. It was... Where was this? St. Mark's and... Yeah. um, I want to say Avenue A. It's A or B. I think it's A. Uh Uh-huh. And it was directly across from Tompkins Square Park. And Tompkins Square Park was Tent City when I worked there. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so, and and then, so that was, like, a little bit more badass than the NYU bar I worked at. But I, like, felt like those were my more my people than the NYU people. Um, than the, like... Yeah, yeah. So, so I got this job there, and there was, like... Um, Hell's Angels chapter around the corner, so we'd get a lot of Hell's Angels in there. And the owner told me that in no uncertain terms am I ever to let anybody use the restroom without purchasing a drink. And it was a constant, constant thing where I would have to... He was like, if you let somebody use the restroom without buying a drink you're going to be fired immediately and we have cameras and we will know and wow. that's that. That feels like a,
1: like a strange requirement. Um,
0: because junkies would shoot up in the bathroom.
1: Right, that makes sense So now.
0: I would have to jump over the bar and put my body in front of the bathroom and be like, no, you are not getting, like, you shall not pass. No yeah. one's getting in here. Um, and there would, like, there was a bouncer, but he would come in at ten, and I would work a day shift.
1: Yeah, and, and the bouncer isn't—he's sta- stationed at the front door, not the bathroom.
0: Yeah, but he would probably not let somebody in that would shoot up in the bathroom. Okay, but you know.
1: So the the hours when there's no bouncer, you were the bouncer, basically.
0: In a lot of
1: places. Uh-huh. So what was your what was your trick? You just put yourself in.
0: I would just jump over the bar and be like, "No, you can't," and put my body in front of there. Yeah.
1: In the, in the line of fire, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what it, that place didn't work out.
0: Oh, I don't remember what happened.
1: Yeah. Um, so, did you find it easier to work in multiple bars or. Um,
0: yeah, it's easier because bar jobs are not secure. Okay. You You get fired at any minute for anything like wearing your overall strap. <laughs> off you know not wearing both overall straps or whatever it is so i feel like having two bartending jobs is always better than having one
1: yeah was it but was it difficult to keep straight the like the prices in the different places where it's like a hay penny at one place and a nickel (laughs) at the other it's
0: not always easy to keep that straight Uh but uh you know or like what brands of vodka they have
1: Like, no, we we don't have Bacardi Dragonberry here. We have that at my other job. I don't know why I offered it.
0: I feel like back then, Absolute Citron was all rage. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. like the new thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The yeah. high times. That's yeah. Was that Zima era or pre or post Zima? Um,
0: Zima came out a few years into my bartending career. and wow. it, it was like... Um, one of those things where if you had ever tasted Zima, we would make fun of you.
1: Oh, you could never cool. try one. Yeah. It's
0: embarrassing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> the sort of thing where you're like, if you got if you got hit by a car or something and you're lying on the pavement, you'd be like, don't tell anyone I drank Zima. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, like on your deathbed. Change,
1: put on some clean underpants for me. And- <laughs> Till delete delete you have my your, nudes. You like
0: your porn? Yeah, your porn friend like yeah. goes in your fridge and throws out all your zemas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then throws out. They don't delete your porn because it's early '90s. They have to throw out the cassettes. Yeah, yeah. See, throw away those <laughs> the, burn the, those pictures erotic, of me drinking. Burn those erotic novels. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Burn those pictures of me <laughs> drinking a zema at a party. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, so. Uh, so I guess we've determined... So you mainly were working in the West Village? Did you, you're, yeah. Like, you were living in Brooklyn, so did you work yes. in any Brooklyn places? Like, did, uh. <laughs> were there bars
0: in Brooklyn? There were bars in Brooklyn, but it was not cool to work in them.
1: Go on. Um, it feels it like a stark contrast cool. to now. It
0: was Yeah, it was not cool I to mean, hang not out now, in Brooklyn now, back then. There were a few bars. There were few and far between they were little neighborhood watering holes. Um, you could get a Coors Light and a shot of whiskey, but you wouldn't really meet anybody interesting, I guess. They, it wasn't a place where women could feel comfortable by themselves. This was um, back
1: when bars had, like, were, two beers on draft?
0: Yes. Um, I, th- I think that Caravis got a draft system while I was working there.
1: Wow! Did like did John Tapper's grandfather show up? (laughs)
0: Yes, and then and then Boo Radley's had Bud and Bud Light, Uh and then they got Bass.
1: Whoa! They got Bass,
0: and and I think Guinness was like, we got like two more beers. Uh huh. And uh, there was a a line out the door. There was a line. Yeah, somebody was holding up a
1: a, a copy of the New York Times, and it said. Boo Radley.
0: Extra extra. Boo <laughs> Radley's got bass. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: That's great. Um, so you didn't work in Brooklyn. Um, not at that time. Now no. now you the bars you own are all in Brooklyn.
0: Yes. How
1: long was it before you started working in Brooklyn?
0: At least twenty years.
1: Jesus, okay.
0: No, no. I worked in Brooklyn um, in, in in the middle for, for a short while I worked in a bar In Sheepshead Bay
1: Oh Sheepshead Bay <laughs> yes. Now Sheepshead Bay For people who aren't Familiar with Brooklyn <laughs> Is that what somebody Would call like a Cool hip neighborhood <laughs> Was it a cool hip Neighborhood then I don't
0: want to talk Shit about Sheepshead Bay Wow You don't have to nobody Moves to the big city To live in Sheepshead Bay <laughs> Okay
1: uh, So why Why were you working Out there Were you living out there Or
0: I was living Yeah I had I had left Town. I moved to the West Coast. I was there for a little while. And then I came back and I moved back in with my father. And I was living in Cheapside Bay for a little while. And I didn't have a job. And I... Um,
1: pounded the pavement.
0: I pounded the pavement and I found a job in a bar that was 10 blocks from my apartment. And it was the first time I ever worked somewhere that wasn't like a one-hour train ride. And... I made really good money there. Um, and it
1: I love that I, hated I love it. that now, even now you seem still hesitant to like say the name I of the know. place. I know.
0: I am. <laughs> like I'm you think the owners are going to come and like come beat your me. ass. <laughs> um,
1: uh, so you're not you're not comfortable talking about the name. Um, but can you describe the place at all?
0: Cuz you said it, it's, it's it
1: you made the most money there, which I find very was hard to believe.
0: Crazy. No. It was a neighborhood bar. That had karaoke only. It didn't have any other music. It didn't have a jukebox or a CD player.
1: As we're recording this episode eight months into the coronavirus Mm -hmm. pandemic... The idea of a place that has karaoke at all sounds like a fucking dream. Oh my
0: god, I miss karaoke. <laughs> um,
1: okay, so it's a place where there's no music there except no for karaoke. There was no music
0: except for karaoke, no matter what time of day it was. Okay. And it was all neighborhood, I guess, I want to say towny, like towny uh-huh, neighborhood yeah. types, um, which sounds really snobbish, but I don't know how else to say it. And people had their specific songs that they had to sing, and if you sang their song, like, it wasn't cool. Yeah. And um, I would have to, like, halfway through the night, I would have to run into the basement and carry up, like, four or five cases of Coors Light and restock. And we had um, 65-cent draft beer in a stem glass.
1: That is wild. And
0: um, every, every fourth drink was on the house... And we would put a coaster, and then people would buy each other drinks. And so people would have coasters piled up.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And we would never ask if somebody wants another drink. Um, if they finished their drink, we would give them another one and take their money. They would all have their money out in a pile. And um, when their drink was empty, they would put it on the side of their coaster. And then we would just give them a new one. But even if they didn't put it to the side of their coaster, if it was empty, we'd give them a new one. If they didn't want another one... How many, how many
1: one, bartenders would be behind the bar at this point? Two. Two. Okay. If they didn't
0: want another one, they had to put their coaster on top of their drink. And that, and then we wouldn't give them another one. And, and that was it. I don't think we took credit cards back then. How many...
1: Did you have any draft lines?
0: Yeah. I don't remember what it was. But it was like, bud... Course, yeah, yeah, and like, like two wells, like,
1: two ice wells, two drink wells.
0: Two drink wells, and we ran our asses off. And these fucking neighborhood blue-collar guys tipped like you would not believe. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much money I made, and it didn't cost me a thirty-dollar cap to get home. I could just walk home.
1: So you weren't throwing quarters at NYU kids there.
0: I wasn't throwing quarters at NYU kids. And, and you were we in your what like 20s, sing.
1: early 20s? I was
0: I think I was 22.
1: 22, okay.
0: We had to sing at least two songs a night otherwise like the customers felt stupid. Okay. Was the reasoning?
1: Okay, so do you and did you have a go to cuz like you have to keep a mystique about I'm, you, I guess.
0: I did duets with the customers. Oh, that one is guy
1: fucking smart. That
0: always wanted to do um what's that in excess song? I was standing you were there to world.
1: never tear us apart. Never, Wow. Yeah. Okay. And man. we would do
0: that as a duet. I would do, I got you, babe.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, um, oh my God. Yeah. With some like, like old timing. Oh man. That sounds yeah, great. It was
0: awesome. And, um, yeah. Man.
1: Yeah. I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to picture, <laughs> picture how this worked out.
0: And it had that smell that like smoke and old beer smell. Yeah. Um, yeah. the owner always thought we were stealing. And they had um, they had cameras on us, and they had microphones in the bathroom, and this was like wait know. so
1: they could hear like all the so far, like do a fart us, tape or something I
0: don't know why, but they always thought we were stealing and would always look at us as if like we know that I'm stealing like oh, okay. like I yeah. know you're stealing and you know you're stealing and they had um, like a mannequin's arm on top of the bar with a dollar in it, and uh-huh. it said, like the last one she got caught as if the last
1: that is crazy bartender
0: that got caught stealing this is her arm uh-huh. and I would be so paranoid. And then that arm the turned register. into a
1: mannequin? Like they hired a mannequin to be the bartender?
0: I don't think it was that deep. I do, you think.
1: Think, do you think they hired a woman with a necklace they- on? <laughs> and she stole from them, so they took off her necklace and turned her back into a mannequin and then chopped her arm off. Yes.
0: That's
1: okay. exactly what I think happened.
0: Yeah. You- you, you diverted into movie territory. Sorry, this is a bar podcast, sorry. not a movie yeah, podcast, I can't Stuart. Help it. That's, I have a very <laughs>
1: limited frame of reference. So okay, this, this sounds awesome. Uh, and you worked there for a little while. Uh, did you? And then I you did. said after that you went back to working in in Manhattan. Yes.
0: And I actually we, I'm went, assuming back you were, yeah, you went back to Boo
1: Radley's. Yeah, you went back to Boo Radley's. That's great. Um, were you there, you were there, what, like six, seven years? How yeah, long? six years. Wow. That's a long time. Now, do you find, like, what's the shelf life of a bartender at, at a like, a neighborhood bar? Or I any I mean, bar? it,
0: it kind of depends. I mean, the thing with bartending is your body uh, gives up on you, right? So you can't just do it forever.
1: Yeah, obviously, you can't do it forever, but, like... I feel like... Oh, you mean you, like
0: how long does a bartender stay in a neighborhood bar? Yeah,
1: in one bar. Like, I feel like you probably you want to be there long enough so that you have built build a following, but also you kind of don't want to be there so long that uh, the management that starts you to... resent give them, yeah. you resent
0: the owner because you're there more than them? Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I'm going to say six years. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I six mean, years is a long time. We'll,
1: we'll have to, we'll have to pull out a spreadsheet and double check yeah, a, yeah. against every other bartender we we've ever known.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, um, okay. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, the, so you went back to Boo Radley's. Um, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about opening a bar. So you own a couple of bars. What, I do? what, uh, what, what. What brought you from being just, like, just being a bartender to, hey, I want to run one of these myself?
0: Well, um, I worked for a lot of bosses, and I always felt like I could do this better than them. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I mean, but, I, I know you pretty also, well, and that's not a huge surprise. Not, um, but also, I think that while I was bartending, I, I tried a lot of other things kinds of jobs, uh-huh. and they they didn't work for me. I, I was not happy working in an office. Yeah. Um, I feel like these are my people. Bar people are my people, and I think that um, I needed to find a way to do that after my body stops being able to uh, support me as a bartender. Yeah. So it was the only, it was the natural progression. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: there's a, there's a, a uh, there's a thing about the service industry where the, there's like an immediate, like, you're walking home with money.
0: This is a meritocracy in the purest form, I feel like. Okay.
1: Um, to s- I'll, I'll, I could contest parts of that,
0: but I think <laughs> uh, uh, I think
1: you're right. Like I in, think
0: in in, in in a pure form, maybe not its purest form, but if you are good at your job and good at your job. Wow, I'm slurring because I need more drink. Uh-huh. Um, and good at your job means. Um, not just being like fast and efficient, but also developing the relationship with the right customers in the right way, and to have them come in um, when you need them to come in and spend the money you need them to spend. Yeah. If you're good at your job, you're going to leave with cash in your pocket. Okay. And if you're not good at it, you're just going to do the bare minimum. And I like I like that I like that math.
1: So like that and and you like I feel like. That And there's also, I think, there's a little bit of an adrenaline element of yeah, it. Of, yeah. like, you like working hard and then uh, being rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like sometimes people who have spent a bunch of time bartending uh, have trouble maintaining their, like, lifestyle a little bit when they get a different gig.
0: Yeah, because be you're used wrong. to having cash in your pocket. And having, having cash in your pocket means that you don't necessarily need to be a good money manager because, you know, when you have cash in your pocket, you can buy stuff. I and mean, when you don't have cash in your pocket, you can't. Now, were you, like,
1: were you a, like a day shift or a night shift bartender?
0: I was exclusively a night shift bartender when I could be for, for years. I yeah. never wanted to work a day shift. I and Was, this, wake still, up early was this still 4 a.m.? Yeah, always 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, I couldn't wake up for a noon shift yeah. until like four years ago.
1: I feel like that's that's something we uh, in in New York that's a big, that was a big part of bar culture is that uh, bars are open till four. <laughs> yeah, bars are open till four a.m. and uh, obviously currently during the pandemic
0: they 10 are not. Um, Let me tell you. We have to close at 10 p.m. I used to not leave my house by 10 p.m. to go out. It's so crazy.
1: So um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Obviously, the with the city also cutting back on the uh, the the city also cutting back on the MTA service. Who knows? That's I feel like a there's a general feeling of trying to to slash the opening hours for bars, and we'll see. So um,
0: I don't want to. I don't want to tell all my stories in the first episode. Yeah. Um, why don't we get to uh-huh. ask a bartender? Okay. Ask a bartender! ask a bartender is our advice column.
1: Did you want another drink?
0: I do want another drink.
1: Okay. Do you know what you want to order?
0: Um, I think I would like a mezcal negroni. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Oh. Never a bartender when you need one Never Okay
0: So Ask a bartender
1: Ask a bartender
0: That's our advice column Okay And I put a call out um, On Twitter Yep um, To have people Send me their advice questions And I had a little bit of a miscommunication Which is fair
1: I mean you're, you're um, pretty new to Twitter
0: I'm very new at Twitter um, Stuart's mom is on Twitter much longer than me, so... My
1: mom is fucking great on Twitter. Your
0: mom is great on Twitter. I'm a little Now we're trying to get the bartender's attention. So, um, what I really want is I miss the back and forth that I would get when a customer would come in and they would tell me what's going on in their life... And they would tell me their problems And we would work them out together So what I was asking On Twitter was Send me Your life problems Tell me what's going on in your life So that we can discuss it In this way Because I can't have people sit at the bar and talk to me anymore And You can't sit at the bar and talk to a bartender So that's what I was asking Um, What I got was Hey, Kate. Hey Kate. hey, Kate. What up? Can I have a, a Mezcal Negroni? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, what I got was a lot of questions about how to act in a bar, um, which is is not what I want to talk about every week, but I guess I should address it since so many people had questions. By act
1: in a bar, you mean like like, edit, like bar etiquette? Bar etiquette, okay. yes.
0: Um So, I decided to come up with a few rules of bar etiquette. Um, This is not all of the rules. This is an abridged version. This is what I could think of now. I reserve the right to add to these rules. Okay. uh, But I have have it written down in my little trusty notes, and I'm going to read them. Um, I'd rather you hear it from me than uh, out in the street somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Rule number one. You ready for these rules? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Rule number one. People that work in bars and restaurants are people. So treat them that way. Don't do anything you would do to get a dog's attention. Don't wave money at them.
1: Don't whistle. Yeah.
0: Knock or shout. If the bar is busy, you might have to wait.
1: Real quick, how yeah. many how many of those have people done to you?
0: I can't even. It's The
1: whistling is the whistling was the craziest.
0: Whistling, waving money. I mean waving, waving money. Waving,
1: snapping thing, fingers.
0: Snap. Oh, don't let me see you snap a finger. The thing is and I can't speak for every bartender everywhere, but a good bartender knows that people are waiting and they have a line of people in their heads. They know who got here when. They really do, and they're really good at getting someone at the right and getting someone at the left. And then a regular comes in. Thank you so much. That, this, wait a minute, this looks gorgeous.
1: Look I at this. This, I put my
0: this is very, very fancy. <laughs> it oh, it tastes terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the bartender knows who who's here with four people and has a big order. And then sometimes a regular will come in and they'll, you know, look in one direction and pour a beer and hand it to the regular. And it's just the most efficient way to do it. And that's basically how the bartender does it. So, waving your hands around or trying to get their attention is not going to work. If the bar is busy, you might have to wait. Oh, I'm I'm back on my notes again. Um, This is what you do. You put your cash on the bar, and you make eye contact. That's it. That's all you do. Yeah. And I said cash, because you should always pay cash. If you can't pay cash, but you should... At least tip in cash, because there are a lot of ways that the business owner um, basically steals tips from the bartender. Um,
1: at the very least, he uses the, the, bar, the bartender's tips as a way to cover their own bills for yes. a little while. Um, or They take it as
0: a loan. Um, there are credit card fees that the bar pays, and sometimes they take the fees away from the bartender. Um, we don't do that. But I'm not gonna hold it against anybody. It's you know, yeah, it's yeah, what yeah. they have to pay. Credit card companies so, charge
1: fees on every transaction and that's tip included.
0: So yeah. just go to the bar and get cash. I mean, go to the bar and get cash. Go to the ATM and get what's in this drink? Go to the ATM and get cash, put your cash down, make eye contact, the bartender will know that you know what you're doing, and they will get you as soon as they can. Rule number two know what you want so you went in you put your cash down the bartender comes up to you Um, they're busy they want you to say the name of a drink or a beer or vodka rocks you can say hello don't say hello how are you just say hi I would like
1: the worst is when I'm like hey what's up And they're like, nothing much. Like, get the fuck out of here. No,
0: not on a busy night. Obviously, if they're slow, you can chit-chat. But if the bar is three deep, don't start a conversation with them. Vodka rocks. Gin martini up with a twist. Know what you want. Don't um, take that moment to then be like, Oh, what are you guys having? When you get the bartender's yeah, yeah, attention, if you're, with a group. You need, if you're with a group, you need to know um, what you want. If there's a menu, you're welcome to order anything off the menu. Don't be like, oh, I don't know what on the menu is a pain in the ass to make. Uh-huh. If it's on the menu, it's fair game. If there's a menu and it's on the menu... Uh-huh. There should be an efficient way for the bartender to make that drink. They make that drink all day long because it's on the menu, yeah. and they, they know they have to make that drink. This is a
1: side note. If you don't see a mojito on the menu, don't, do don't not order mojito. a mojito. They do not have it. Yeah. They do not have mint.
0: <laughs> also, if you cannot see a palm tree from where you're standing, yeah. yep. don't order a mojito. Um, If you can see a palm tree, go go crazy. Order mojito, order pina colada, colada, whatever you want.
1: Go crazy. But
0: you have to be able to see a palm tree from where you're standing. Um, It's fine to ask, what kind of vodka do you have? It's not fine to say, hmm, what kind of beer do you have if there are 16 beers on the menu? There's a menu. Look at it. You can even Google the things on the menu if you want to know what's in there. Yeah. But don't don't make them read the, the beer list to you. That's yeah,
1: mo- and most, most beer taps have handles on them that specifically make a point of making it very clear what beer it is. Yes. And if it's a type of place that has so many beers or is such a fancy beer bar that they don't have uh, labeled things on the tap handles... You they should 100% a read the fucking menu. They will
0: have, yeah. If you're in a, like a beer hall where they have 35 different beers, they're yeah. going to have a menu. They're going to list the ABV. They're going to tell you what's um, IPA and what's Pilsner and yeah. what IPA is and what Pilsner is. What type is of and hops
1: is in that yeah, garbage.
0: Where it's made. All that stuff is going to be on the menu. Yep.
1: Um,
0: don't ever ask the bartender, what do you like to make? Don't ask the bartender, what's your favorite drink to make? that's that's not really what the job is. Like, you don't say to a carpenter, hey, what's your favorite nail to hit? Like, it's just...
1: I'm going to ask that next time. I... What's your
0: favorite nail to yeah. hit? Yeah. <laughs> I would be really interested to hear yeah. what the answer is. Um, if you ordered wrong... This is rule three, by the way. If you ordered wrong, it's on you. If you're in a crowded bar and you're like hey, I wonder what a martini is. And you order one, and then you take a sip, and you're like, oh my God, that's just a big glass of vodka. I didn't know that. That's too bad. <laughs> you're stuck with it. Do you have to drink it? No. But you have to pay for it. Um, I,
1: feel like, uh, I feel like this is, leads into it. You can, change, you can uh, change this if you want. But if you know the drink you want to order is going to be sweet, you might want to specify that you want it sweet. Hmm. Because I feel like sometimes folks order uh, margaritas or whatever and it ends up being more bitter than they expect. And maybe it's just here at Hinterlands.
0: I mean, I think our margarita is a little bit more bitter than people might expect because we use all fresh ingredients, yeah. and a lot of places use mixes, and those mixes are much sweeter, yeah. and ours is made out of fresh ingredients. Yeah, they,
1: they look um, like ecto-cooler in a plastic
0: Yeah, plastic but I bottle. might be annoyed if someone's like, I'd like a margarita. i make it sweet. I might be like, hmm. But no, that would be. What if makes... they
1: said, make it sweet like you, darling?
0: Oh, boy. What if they said, make it nice?
1: <laughs> <laughs> make it nice. I feel like that's uh, that's the catchphrase uh, of I Know nice. the Owner podcast. Is. Yeah.
0: Make it nice. Anytime
1: you order a drink, make sure to ask for them to make it nice. Yeah.
0: Um, so if you ordered a martini and you didn't really know what a martini is and you don't like it, you've learned a valuable lesson. Pay for a drink, tip your bartender, order something else. Um, If you order a martini and I gave you, let's say, a rancid olive in your martini, then you can be like, this is bad, and take it back and give me something else. And that's fair. Um, We don't have any rancid olives here at Hinterlands.
1: No, you're not just covering your ass here. Okay, so what's next?
0: Um, Order and pay for the whole round. So... After you've politely waited for your bartender's attention, and the bartender makes their way to you, that is not the time to ask all your friends what they're having. I said this already. I get. I went out of order. Um, this is what you do. This is the order of operations. Okay. You walk into the bar, uh-huh. you squeeze into your spot, you turn around, you ask friend, your friends what they're having. You turn back around, you take out enough money to cover that round, Uh a little bit more, you put that on the bar, then you make eye contact with the bartender. Then when the bartender comes over, you say, let me have two Budweiser's, a vodka on the rocks, and a gin martini straight up.
1: Perfect. Boom.
0: The bartender makes the drinks. dream order. Takes the money, puts the change down, and then you leave your tip at least a dollar a drink, probably more, in the spot where the bartender put your change down. A lot of people ask me, how do I know the bartender got the tip? The bartender knows. That is... (laughs) (laughs) is They know how much much you left and where you left it. That is something you do not need to worry about. Um, then, Then, if you left a good enough tip... The next time you go to order a drink, they will come to you first. The thing is, if you just ordered around for all your friends, the next drink should, the next round should be on one of them. So, yeah. Um, rule five. Rule five. What's a good tip? Oh wow, this is a big one. Yes. So, back in my day, <laughs> when I first started out uh-huh. a million years ago, a dollar a drink was fine. Yep. Yep. Um, But that's not really the case anymore. People
1: pull out their chain wallet from their zoot suit and uh, whip out a cool, crisp $1. $1
0: bill, and you're like, ooh, I'm going to buy so many things with this. Um, That's not the case. If you're ordering a drink that costs $16 and you leave a dollar on the bar, that's a very bad tip. If your drink is $16, your tip should be. At least $3, but it should really be 4 You should think 20% and round up. So a $16 drink, 20% of that is $3.20. Round it up to $4. Um, and that that's, that's what you should do. And uh, if you don't have money to tip, then you should drink at home. Yeah, you should drink at home. You should not go out to a bar... And be part of the bar scene if you can't afford to buy a few drinks, buy your friend a drink, leave a tip. That's that's just not the scene for you. Get get a bottle of wine, get a bottle of booze, and invite your friends over, drink in your house. Yeah. Um. And rule number six. Okay. Yeah.
1: You got a six rule.
0: Pay and cash. I Pay and said and it before. Cash. I'll say it again. If you can, always pay cash. Yeah. Um, And that's ask a bartender. Now, for next week, Uh um, I'd love for you to send me your questions. Um, I think a good way to do it might be Uh drink a shot of booze. Okay. Wait 20 minutes. Uh Uh-huh. Drink another shot of booze. Uh Okay. Open up Google. Uh Uh-huh. Email me your question. Uh-huh. Think about what issues are going on
1: with your life that yes. you want a stranger who is oddly professional
0: <laughs> to help you with. Um, type your question. Make sure you've had at least two drinks. Then, and this is very important, close all your devices. Do yep. not continue communicating over devices after two drinks.
1: Yeah. I think that's, Fair? I mean, that's Fair? that's a, an important rule. life rule, it's a, yeah.
0: It's an important life rule. So that is... So
1: that's Ask a Bartender.
0: That's Ask a Bartender. Now what do we do? Um, now we promote anything we want to promote.
1: Well, uh, Charlene, this is, we're recording from inside a bar that we own jointly. Yes. Um, so I'd like to promote Hinterland's Bar. It's in Kensington in Brooklyn. Church we, Avenue. Yep doing to go business as well as limited seating outside and inside uh for how long who knows um we also are offering uh we're off- we're selling t-shirts and uh zip up hoodies online uh, email hinterlands bar merch at gmail um, and then also together we own a bar minis bar in sunset park it's a little baby Uh, They have T-shirts available, and they're also doing similar uh, outdoor, indoor, uh, and to-go service.
0: And you can email them at uh, minisbarbk at gmail.com.
1: minisbarbk at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. We're also selling gift certificates. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um... I guess you can find those on our Facebook page. Yeah,
1: I mean, I wouldn't try and list out that complicated yeah, URL. Yeah, it's very complicated. What I would also um, like to do is, uh, in addition to being a bar owner, I'm a podcaster, so you can check out my podcast, The Flophouse. Uh, it is available wherever you find podcasts. It's a comedy show about movies. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks. Um, if you like us, uh-huh. you can send us a tip.
1: Yeah, at, you're welcome to ask for that.
0: Um <laughs> If you like us, you can send us a tip at Bar at gmail via Venmo. Uh-huh. And that will go towards keeping the bar open um, during these crazy times. Um, but there's no pressure. You do not have to. You do not have to like us. Um, and also, I just want to say, um, if you're not in Brooklyn, support your local businesses, your bars and restaurants as much yep. as you can. I understand that not everybody is ready to go out and be... Inside a restaurant, outside a restaurant, get some to-go drinks, get a gift certificate. um, And, uh, yeah, this has been uh, I Know the Owner. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm Charlene Wellington. Uh,
1: And I'm Stuart Wellington. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks. Bye.